morning. That was pretty weak. Good morning. That's much better. So glad to see you here today. Great day to be in the house of the Lord. Well, I tell you what, we had an, ex a, an exciting, extremely exciting time last Sunday night on uh, Make a Difference Sunday night as we went out. You're going to hear about that. You're going to see a video of some, a few of the highlights, not all the highlights, but just a few of the highlights. And then uh, you're going to hear a report about uh, the numbers and, and what we did and everything. It was a wonderful day. Thank you for all of those who participated. Uh, you did a great job. And, and now, let's go to the Lord and let's worship Him with all that we have. Because when we get to heaven, it's going to be a glorious day. Amen? Let's all stand together and sing when we all get to heaven.
softly and tenderly.
so I was in the sanctuary uh, receiving texts on my telephone and uh, typing them in and helping my husband type them in. And um, as soon as we got, or shortly after we got the text about pray that uh, doors would open up, we hadn't received too many before that. And then they started flooding in and we were typing as fast as we could. So it was a, it was a good uh, night. I was kind of surprised at how... Um, how many people were willing to share, but it was a great, it was a great uh, night for learning about the neighborhood. Uh, one of the folks that we visited uh, was uh, an elderly lady named Dolores, and she was having problems with her home. Uh, apparently her plumbing was failing or something, and, and uh, the plumber told her she needed to do these things and those things. And she was complaining about growing old, and Cindy Stewart uh, suggested that we pray for her. And it was, it was just touching uh, to sit there. I mean, because when Cindy suggested she would pray, uh, Dolores said, well, that would be so sweet. And she was so authentic uh, and, and really meant it. And so Cindy prayed for her, prayed for her health, prayed for her uh, home improvements that she was needing to do. And when Cindy got to the end of the prayer, just uh, thanked her for that opportunity in the name of Christ. And she said, you know, that's just one of the sweetest things for you to sit here and pray for me. And so that was real meaningful to me to just uh, watch that interchange and, and uh, the willingness of uh, one of our folks to pray with someone who had a, a sincere need. So that was a real blessing for me. So we went um, around and we were encouraged by a couple who answered their door, um, Adrian and Demetrius, who are actually pastors in the local Beaumont area. And um, we asked them if we could pray for them about anything and they gave us our request and I said well let's pray right now and we did and then in turn they turned around and prayed over us and so it was really encouraging and it's just nice to see people who are excited about seeing you out there and outreaching to the community. Um, so we walked up to one house and there was a family standing outside visiting and um, so we you know asked if we could come up in their driveway and I talked to them about who we were and um, asked if they had any prayer requests and the man there said um, our country needs prayer and I said yeah you're right it does and um, and the woman standing there said well go ahead and pray and I said oh right now so I did and um, prayed for you know a few things for God to turn our eyes the eyes of the people in our country back to him prayed for our military our leaders and um and uh, when I finished praying, the, the woman who had asked me to pray was in tears. And she just said, thank you so much. That really meant a lot and uh, was truly a blessing. So um, even though she didn't have a specific personal prayer request, um, that, that I would pray for our country was a blessing to her. Hello, uh, good morning everyone. Um, as you know, this last Sunday we had Make a Difference Sunday um, where we went out and we were, the goal was to knock on the doors of our neighbors and to pray for them. And so uh, just some statistics, we had uh, 40 teams that came um, and we knocked on the doors of over 780 homes. Um, and we received well over 100 prayer requests from our neighbors. So let's applause. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And so it, um, being able just to join you guys in with that and to hop in and go knock on some doors um, was really an incredible sight. Um, it made me think of a conversation I had um, with a, an old boss I had at a coffee shop I worked at. And uh, this was a Christian company, um, a coffee shop where I went into college um, in Arkansas. And one of the themes that he always pushed to us was never doubt the power of a five-minute conversation. Uh, because you never know what uh, seed can be watered or what seed can be planted or um, how you can impact that person um, with prayer or with just encouragement. Um, and so that's my encouragement to you guys. Um, is just never doubt what God can do through those five-minute conversations that we had um, last Sunday. You never know how that impacted them or opened the door for the next person to come along and have a conversation with them. Um, and so that's just an encouragement to you guys. Um, and so we're going to do it again, um, October 16th. Uh, we're going to do a Mad Sunday once again. Um, we're going to make a difference in our community, and we're going to continue praying for our neighbors, continue impacting them, um, hopefully um, telling people the gospel so that people can come to believe in him. Um, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just praise your holy and mighty name um, that you would use us, Father, to share your gospel with those around us. Uh, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill us full of wisdom and wor the words to say to our neighbors. Help us to see ways that we can impact them and to share your word with them. Um, I thank you for those that we were able to meet and to pray with um, this last uh, Sunday. I pray that you continue to work in their lives, continue to allow us to be your instruments in their life. Um, I pray for this time as we continue to worship you, continue to learn from your word, that you would help us to apply it to our lives this week. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Stephen mentioned that there was over 100 prayer requests, and uh, I want you to know that back on the connection desk, there is an illegal-sized piece of paper, and it has all those prayer requests listed. We told our neighbors that we were going to pray for them, so let me encourage you to stop by there and pick up one of those sheets of paper. It's a front and back, and let's pray for our neighbors. Let's continue to lift them up over these next few weeks, okay? Now, as we continue to worship him... I just want to give a little worship instruction. Uh, we've sung this song before, but I just want to remind you. Uh, when we get to the bridge section of this song, this song is called God You Are, but when we get to the bridge, we're all going to sing together. There is none like you, O Lord. There is none like you, O Lord. There is none like you. There is none like you. And then we continue to the next slide. Men, you continue that. And ladies, you're going to sing like we're going to sing on the chorus. Faithful, holy, just and worthy, righteous God you are. And then there's another slide where we do the same thing. Men, you'll continue, and ladies, you sing like on the chorus, okay? So let's all stand together, and let's worship our Savior, because there is none like him.
In the darkness we were waiting, without hope and without light, till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes, to fulfill the law and prophets, to a virgin came the word, from the throne of endless glory, to a grave.
may we praise you forever with all that we have. With every part of our lives, may Jesus be magnified. And now as your word is preached, we listen carefully to you and will respond in obedience. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. have your Bibles with you this morning, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 11. And uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, you can find one there in the pew rack uh, in front of you. And uh, uh, feel free to, uh, to, use, uh, to use those. Am I on? Green light's on. Testing, one, two. One, two, test. Testing, one, two. Well, we'll, uh, hopefully you can hear this first uh, part, uh, <laughs> While you've uh, turned to Matthew chapter 11, and uh, there are uh, some things that uh, you can uh, do on your way out this morning. Uh, one, for our ladies, you can sign up for the uh, WOW kickoff event uh, that will be coming up here uh, uh, shortly. And you can sign up for the kickoff event as well as for the Bible study that they will be doing uh, this fall. Uh, men, you can stop by the connection desk and sign up for... Uh, the men's, the man-to-man kickoff event, which will be September uh, the 18th, and uh, you can see all of the details there, as well as if you pick up one of the informational uh, sheets uh, at the doors on your way out, uh, uh, men, you can sign up uh, for that. Uh, also, uh, the prison ministry is set up uh, out in the foyer uh, this, minute, uh, this morning, so you can stop by there and uh, sign birthday cards and pick up prayer requests. Uh, and if you would like to uh, be a, uh, a mentor, a pen pal uh, with an inmate, you can sign up uh, to do that uh, as well. And then finally, as Warren said, there are uh, prayer sheets uh, out uh, in the foyer listing all of the prayer requests that were turned in uh, from uh, Make a Difference Sunday uh, last Sunday. So you can take care of that uh, on your way out this morning. Uh, get signed up for all of those events as we kick off uh, the fall. Okay, I feel like I've... <laughs> and so, um, so is anybody tired this morning? Well, shoot. Anybody feeling burdened this morning? Well, I was hoping nobody would hold up their hands. It's like, well, fine, we can just all go home. But, uh, and so, oh, well, this morning we're going to wrap up uh, the series that we've been in known as Mandates. And uh, we've been in this series uh, for, quite, uh, for quite some time. 
And as I knew that I was going to have this opportunity to speak this morning, I began to think what would be, you know, what would be a good conclusion uh, to this series uh, of mandates, the, the series of uh, studying the various commands of Jesus. And even though we've been in this series for quite some time, we have only covered a small fraction of the commands that we find in Scripture from Jesus. There are well over, uh, there are, there are well over 70 commands that we find in Scripture that Jesus commands us to do one thing or another. And I heard somebody comment that this series has almost uh, felt uh, like a burden to them, has almost felt like uh, just a, a weight that has, been, that has been placed upon them. And when I heard that, these verses out of Matthew came to mind, and it's like, you know, even though Raymond has touched on part of these verses, these verses would be a perfect ending to this series known as Mandates. Now, why is that? Well, because these verses, Jesus invites us to come to him, and in him we will find rest for our souls. And also, I want these verses to help us see that the commands of Jesus are not a burden. They're not a weight that we have to, to carry around, but they're freedom, they're life, they're spiritual refreshment and rejuvenation. And so I want us to look at these verses that close out the chapter, uh, that close out chapter 11 of Matthew. And we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 30. And in those verses, Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so as we look at these verses First of all, let's, let's, let's put them in, in, their, in their context because we have put them in a context for us. We have taken these verses and we have moved them into modern day and we use them as, you know, Jesus tells us, hey, that if we're weary and if we're burdened that we come to him and we will find rest. But let's look at who his original audience was. His original audience was the first century Jew. And so Jesus is early on in his ministry here. We're only 11 chapters into his ministry. And he's, he's, in, his, he's in the early days of his ministry. And he's, you know, he, he's already, you know, John the Baptist uh, is, is questioning whether or not he is really the Messiah uh, he's had cities that have turned him away. He's had religious leaders opposing him. And so he's facing all of this as he comes on into the early days of his ministry. And he sees this crowd. He sees this crowd of Jewish people. And he realizes, 
he realizes the burden that they are under. And he realizes how tired they are. And so he invites them. He says, come to me. Come to me. This is almost, this is almost an evangelistic invitation. Because these aren't believers. These aren't believers that he's addressing. But he's saying, come to me. All of you who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me, all of you who labor. And so different, different translations put it, all of you who labor and are heavy laden. All of you who are weary and burdened, come to me. And so he's recognizing, he's recognizing his audience and he's recognizing the burden that they are in, and he's recognizing the weariness that has permeated their life. And he is inviting them to come to him. The idea here is not just, not just that you're tired from your labor, but the idea here is that you have labored to the point of exhaustion. You do not feel like you can continue on. You are exhausted from your labors. You are exhausting from toiling at home, at work, and for these individuals at the synagogue. You are weary beyond weary. Tired to the bones, to put it in our terms. And so he's recognizing this in these individuals. And he's recognizing that they're not only exhausted, but they're overly burdened. Because you have to realize for the first century Jew, which was the audience here, that the religious rules and regulations of the day permeated almost every area of their life. And they were virtually impossible to live by. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the hoops that they had to jump through just in order to go to the synagogue? Just imagine that you were not able just to show up here on Sunday morning but that you had to fill out a survey. Have you been in contact with uh, anyone who is unclean? Uh, are you paid up on your, uh, on your tithe? Or for them, are you paid up on your, uh, on your taxes that are required by the synagogue? Have you been in contact with uh, anybody who has recently died? There were all of these hoops that the first century Jew had to jump through just in order to worship God. Can you imagine going out in public and being worried about who might touch you or who you might come in contact with or saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, and being banished from the synagogue? That was the worst thing that could happen to the first century Jew being banished 
from the synagogue. And so they were burdened with all of these rules and religious regulations. And Jesus is saying to them, come to me, all of you who are tired of working. Come to me, all of you who are under these religious burdens. You talk about spiritual anxiety. And so his audience was tired and they were burdened because of everything that was not God-made, but that was man-made that was being placed upon them. And he invites them, come to me, all of you who are laboring, all of you who are weary, all of you who are burdened, come to me and I will give you rest. Now, what does he mean by that word rest? You know, we think of resting as, hey, we get to sit down and we kind of get to chill out for a while. But Jesus here, he's saying, you can find spiritual refreshment. You can find spiritual rejuvenation in me. I will give you rest. I will give you deliverance from all of these rules and regulation. I will give you rest from the toils that are making you so weary. Come to me. Come to me all. Not just some of you. Come to me all of you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. And then he continues on. He continues on in verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. You just said you're going to give us rest. And now you're telling us that we have to take up a yoke. That we're having to take up your yoke. Wait, that... Uh, something's not something's not jiving here think with me for a minute and what is the first image that comes to your mind when you hear the word yoke now not yoke like an egg yolk but a yoke a wooden piece of equipment that goes on an ox or a horse or some large animal. So what, what in, when you hear that word yoke, you don't think of rest, do you? You see a farmer out in a field plowing behind an oxen with these big, heavy pieces of equipment on them. So I thought you were talking about rest, and now you're talking about taking your yoke upon me. Well, let's look at what Jesus was really talking about here. Because back in the first century, yes, yoke was this, was this big piece of equipment 
but they also use the term yoke to be yoked to a specific uh, rabbi. Maybe you were a disciple of a specific rabbi and you were yoked to him. Or you were yoked to the law. You were, you were tied to the law. It is a symbol of ownership. And so what Jesus is saying here, he's saying, take my yoke upon you. Be joined to me. Come and connect your life with my life. Come and be joined to me. So it was a sign of ownership. But it was also a sign of submission. Because when you put that oak, when, uh, oak, when you put that oak yoke, when you put that yoke on an ox or another animal, they became submissive to the person driving the plow or whatever they might be doing, driving the cart. And so the yoke was also a sign of submission. And so Jesus is saying here, take my yoke upon you. Join your life to me. Be connected to me and submit yourself to me. And learn from me. Now, unfortunately, we get so familiar with some of these verses, there are parts of those verses that we gloss over, or parts of the verses that kind of get lost in the other familiar parts. And so, we're familiar with, come to me and find rest for your soul. And we're familiar with, and take my yoke upon you, but this part of learn from me tends to get lost in the rest of the familiarity of these verses. And so what Jesus is saying here, he's saying, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Not about me. I don't want you to learn about me. I want you to learn from me. So what's the difference? If I'm learning about you, aren't I learning from you? Well, no, not necessarily. We can learn about a lot of things. And a lot of times when we learn about something, it doesn't necessarily make a difference in our lives. I learned about a whole lot of things in school that I could no more tell you about right now than a man in the moon. I was one of those students that, hey, I can memorize it for the test, but tomorrow, don't ask me about it. So we can learn about a lot of things, but they don't necessarily make a difference in our lives. And Jesus is saying, I want you to learn from me. I want you to connect your life with my life, and I want you to learn from me. And when we learn from somebody and we make it a part of who we are, then it changes us. It changes us from the inside out. 
we learn things that we can use and that we can put into practice in our daily lives. And so Jesus is saying, learn from me so that it will make a difference in who you are. And when we learn, and we, we learn from him, we learn from him in all situations of our lives. The ups, the downs, we learn from him. We learn how to walk with him. We learn how to share that with somebody else. It makes a difference in our lives. It makes a difference in our daily lives. It makes a difference in how we practice life. And so we learn from him because for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Now you want to talk about something that gets missed in these verses. These two words right here just get glossed over. In fact, you're probably going, hey, I didn't know those words were in there. Learn from me because I am gentle and lowly in heart. There is a book that I would recommend to you. I haven't completely finished it, but it's entitled Gent Gently and Lowly by Dane Ortland. And if you want to know what these words mean about the life of Jesus Christ, I would encourage you to get that book and to read it. You could almost use it as a daily devotional. The chapters are so short, you could almost use it as a daily devotional. But what Jesus is doing here, in this place only, nowhere in Scripture do you see Jesus pull back the curtain on his life and let you see who he is and he tells you I am gently I am gentle and lowly I am not harsh I love you I am humble I am meek Jonathan Edwards puts it this way he is the holiest meekest most humble and every way the most excellent man that ever was. That is why we need to learn from him. That's pretty high praise. He is the holiest, meekest, most humble, and in every way, the most excellent man that ever was. And only here in these verses is Jesus, like I said, pulling back that curtain, curtain and letting us see who he truly is. Because he says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. And what that word heart means is that is who I am. That is my character. It's not something I just choose to be from 
one moment to the next, but it is who I am. Yesterday, today, and forever. It's not just a hobby. It's who he truly is. Take my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This is the second time we see Jesus talk about giving us rest, giving us rest for our souls. And what he's not talking about here, he's not talking about giving us freedom from a life of effort and freedom from a life of sorrow and troubles. No, Scripture tells us that we are going to have sorrow, that we are going to have trouble, that there are going to be difficult times in our lives. And if you haven't realized it yet, the Christian life requires effort. Yes, Jesus has done his part, and our salvation is secure, but there is effort required on our part to learn from him, to be his disciple, to become more like him. And we will find rest for our souls. So we know what he's not promising us, but what is he promising us? He is promising us peace in the midst of life's struggles. He's promising us relief from trying to earn salvation. He's promising us the assurance that our eternal destiny is secure. He is promising us the confidence that God is working in our lives. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete that work until the day of Christ Jesus. So God is working in your life every day until he returns again. And finally, he's promising us the knowledge that God will supply all of our needs. And so even though he is not promising us a life from effort and a life from toil, a life from struggle, a life from sorrow, he is promising us those things that will allow us to find rest for our souls. And then finally, Jesus describes his yoke. And he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, the word easy there is not how we typically think about the word easy. You know, we think about, oh, this is going to be a breeze. This is going to be easy. Well, I have a five-year-old granddaughter that gets it. She was here, the twins were here for vacation Bible school, and we were going someplace, and they were having a deep theological discussion in the back seat. 
And all of a sudden, Cora pops up and she says, Papa Jay, I didn't know being a Christ follower was going to be so hard. I'll leave that one to her father. But when he uses the word easy here, he's not talking about ease of, ease of life. What he's talking about, let me take you back to that image of a yoke on an oxen. That oxen is taken to the carpenter, and the carpenter measures that ox. And that yoke is custom fit for that ox and that ox alone. It seems weird using that word ox, you know. <laughs> but that the yoke is custom fit for that oxen or for the pair of oxen. And so if you were to put it on another ox, it wouldn't fit just right. The yoke of Jesus Christ is custom fit for you and for me. It is easy. It fits well. It doesn't chafe us. It doesn't give us splinters. We can make use of it. And so what he's talking about here is that my yoke is custom fit for you. It is well fit for you. And my burden, my burden is light. I'm going to deliver you from all of those rules and regulations that are not from God. Those rules and regulations that burden you down, I'm going to deliver. I'm going to deliver you from those. Your salvation will be found in me. My burden is light. It's not oppressive. We don't have to carry around this undue weight or this undue this undue oppression. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. What about all the commands? What about all the commands that we've been learning about? What about all the commands that Jesus has given us and expects us to live out in our lives? Well, that's where the effort part comes in. That's where the learning part comes in. We learn from Him and we become more like Him. His Word and His being so saturates our life that as we walk through our daily life, we love one another. We have patience with one another. Have you really looked at the commands? They're not that hard. If we become like Him, if we strive to be more like Him, you know, the, the commands aren't, 
go out and cut down this tree or go out and earn X amount of dollars or go out and win a hundred souls by next Sunday, they're not things that are impossible. They're things that as we learn from Him and become more like Him, we live out in our daily lives. We love one another. We're patient with one another. We forgive one another. Now, sometimes those are difficult, but it's through His strength. It's through His power. It's through Him living His life through us that we are able to accomplish those things. And so, going back to the beginning, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So not only do we have mandates here from Jesus, but we also have his invitation to come to him, to come to him and to find true life in and through him. I want to invite our deacons now to begin to make their way to the front. As this morning, we're going to observe the Lord's Supper. If you're a guest here with us today, and you are a baptized believer in Jesus Christ, we would invite you to participate with us this morning as we have the privilege of recognizing the gift that God has given us through His Son, Jesus Christ.
Please pray with me. Father God, thank you for allowing us to enter into this time of reflection. Lord, I just pray that we can all truly do that and just reflect on the gravity of what you did for us and the opportunity that that gives us to have a relationship with you. I pray all these things in your name. Amen. The wafer and the cup that you hold in your hands this morning are a symbol of the yoke and the burden that Jesus bore for us so that we might be restored to a right relationship with our Heavenly Father. And on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he says, this is my body, which I have given for you. When you eat of this, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup and he blessed it. And he said, this is my blood which has been shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. As we've come to the end of our service this morning, I hope that God has spoken to you in, in some way. And there may be a decision that you would like to make, maybe accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you would like to unite with the fellowship of Westgate Memorial. Or maybe you just need prayer. I'm going to ask our deacons, if they would, to position themselves uh, at the rear uh, of the sanctuary, and uh, I will be over here uh, at, uh, at the crosses. But as we conclude our service this morning, whatever God has laid upon your heart, don't leave this place today without responding to whatever it is he has he has led you led you to do as we sing for our closing this morning i want to invite all of the uh children who are going to participate and in, in children's choir miss janet is right back here so as we're singing you can just stand up and head back to this corner and she'll take you to the choir room. They're going to rehearse for about 30 minutes. They're going to start working on a Christmas musical. So they're excited about that. And um, Carol Ann and Jana leading out in this. And I greatly appreciate it. Let's all stand together and sing. I love you, Lord. And I.
praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and God bless you. Have a great week.